Hey folks, welcome back to the Grad Life Podcast. This week's episode is brought to you by PwC. Uh, PwC are a partner of Grad Life and they've got a whole host of options available for students of all stages. So no matter what year in college you're in, if you head over to www.pwc.ie forward slash student, you'll see all the programs they have there and there'll almost definitely be something there to take your fancy and to progress you towards being a more employable grad. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Grad Life Podcast. Today we've got Chloe Carney-Kennedy, who is a tax associate in the domestic and international outbound tax team in PwC. Chloe, thanks for joining. Hi, it's nice to be on. So one thing that, that jumps out about your LinkedIn straight away is that you actually did zoology in college and not anything relating to business or anything like that. So do you mind if I ask you, first of all, why did you choose zoology? Like, So when you're 18 or 17, you're thinking about your courses, what made you jump at that one? Well, I have to say, initially, I wanted to join science in UCD for genetics, not actually for zoology. So my mind has changed a million times since then. Um, no, I joined wanting to do genetics. And in my first year in college, you got to do a broad, broad range of science topics. So, for example, I had modules in physics, in chemistry, in biology. And then within biology, there was neuroscience genetics, zoology, you name it, it was there. Um, so it was great to sort of get that broad experience in all the different sciences. Then in my third year, we had to decide kind of a specialty. So that's when I decided to go down the route of zoology. Gotcha. So it wasn't some kind of lifelong calling kind of thing to be. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. I would have thought with a lot of people, no. it would be. I know. And I love animals and that kind of thing. But I really did, I was really interested in the genetics of things. And also in neuroscience, like I really had no clue. I just had a curious mind, was interested in how things worked. So that's why I went the science route. But while I was in college, I realized that I really enjoyed zoology. And I think it was not what I was expecting. I think a lot of people are kind of misguided by the name zoology. They think it's about working in a zoo. And it's really, really not. Um, obviously, you learn about animal biology, but you don't really learn about how to take care of animals or things like that. So the name is a bit misguided, but definitely, yeah, I only learned really about it once I joined college. So not, not a lifelong calling at all. That's interesting. So you were interested enough in it to specialize in it, but then not interested enough in it to kind of continue and pursue it as a career. What was the gap there? Um, yeah, so that was kind of strange. I went into my fourth year, I did a thesis um, on a topic called invasive species. Okay, I don't know, I still find science fascinating. I love reading about it online. But just some, there was something there that didn't feel right to me carrying on in a career, if you know what I mean. Um, I just couldn't see myself 10 years down the line working in that industry. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's kind of where I made the change. I couldn't even tell you where my brain flipped, but it just did one day and I realized that it wasn't for me. Yeah, fair enough. And how did you come across? So you realized it's not going to be zoology. It's not a, an obvious jump then straight into kind of the tax world. How did, yeah. how did you close that gap? How did DWC come on your radar? That sort of thing. 
I know I think a lot of people find it surprising in work when I announced back that I did zoology in college and now I'm in tax. But um, when I was in transition year, I was actually very much caught between accounting and science. Right. So as part of my work experience, I did one week in PwC and I did one week in a hospital lab. So I was very much caught between the two. And actually the day the CAO closed, I had accounting as my number one. At the last second, I changed it to find the new team. Right. So, yeah, it was very much down to the wire. Um, so once I saw PwC is great for their grad program, they accept people from all backgrounds of degrees. Yeah. I thought that was my yeah. chance to get back in, into that industry and try it out and see what I think. Nice. Okay. That's So two things there. One, that's a good little tip for people who are confused. If they're doing a course and they realize they don't want to do it as a career, to look back into secondary school and see what engaged you then, what you were good at then, that sort of thing. And you might have forgotten that you maybe you were really close to doing a different course three or four years ago and you just haven't given it a second thought since. And then the other uh, big thing to mention there, which you're a great example of, is this theme of uh, businesses hiring not just business students now, that they do really value uh, students from a big, from a wide array of uh, of backgrounds. I'm, I'm trying to imagine, is there anyone else who come from, uh, uh, I go, I guess, a non-traditional business background? Definitely. Actually, one of the guys in my team, he was actually in my course in college. He was doing genetics. And then we, we bumped into each other on the day of the interview. I thought, oh, at least I'm not the only one yeah. letting the side down and leaving the signs. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was really good to you know, know somebody who's taking the same route as you going in jumping in at the deep end to learn something new. So there actually is a lot of people who come from various different backgrounds. Yeah. Great. And do you find a crossover of skills? The only place I can imagine there being one is in analysis and data analysis and this sort of thing. Do you find that crossover useful there going from the science into this more commercial environment? Definitely. I think I myself was very surprised with some of the crossover elements. So for example, in a science degree, obviously, it's very research driven. Yeah. And yeah. a tax job is very research driven as well, even though you might not think it, but a lot of time is spent looking at the legislation or looking online at case law. So you do a lot of research. And I found my background in research has really helped in that area. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah, I, I guess you can imagine. Are there skill sets then that are brought over, you know, as research, but is there? Uh, SQL or data analysis, you, we've spoken to a few of the PwC grads and they're all using these different data tools and that sort of thing. Did you use those in college and might you have an advantage over even a business student going in because you've done that before? Well, definitely. Um, in college, I used R Studio as a kind of a coding language. Um, now, we don't use that in PwC as far as I know, but once you kind of have one language down, it's very easy then to sort of jump to the others, you have a bit more of an understanding rather yeah. than starting from scratch. So it definitely does help. Like I know one of the things I can do in my spare time is learn JavaScript. So that's a great thing to be able to do to further my own yeah. technical skills. I know PwC at the minute is really focused on being the most digitally enabled firm. So being able to do stuff like that is a great boost 
I think. Yeah, they, they seem to be doing a pretty good job of it based on the, the guests we've spoken to. I can't help but ask here out of curiosity, what does a zoologist do coding? Like, what, what, what good was the word to you when you were doing zoology? Yeah, you'd be surprised. It has a lot of uh, surprising elements to it. But the sort of thing we'd be using it for is where you'd get a load of data of, say, one example is giraffes in Africa, right? So you measure, using a kind of a camera, you'd be measuring where they're walking, basically. So a load of data would be input to your computer and it would show where they spend most of their day. And then using maps, you could sort of extrapolate that information and decide, oh, the giraffes spend more time beside this watering hole rather than this one. So yeah. why is that? And then the more you dive into the data, you can see, oh, there's actually vegetation there that they like or so on. And a lot of that is done using data, which is really cool, I think. I, yeah. I love that part of the course, I have to say. Um, so it is, it comes in very useful. That's mad. So they're probably using things like that to understand migration patterns and how they're kind of exactly, yeah. are. I have never thought about that. That's very interesting. God, that is cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. So that if that's an advantage you have coming in then is you know, you came in with the coding language and the understanding of these. What might the disadvantages have, have been coming from a non you know business or accounting uh, college course? I think probably the main and most obvious thing is that initially I didn't really have a clue what I was doing. Um I would I would join these meetings and people would be talking about the real tax technical things, which I'd never really heard of. So that was, that was a big jump. But at the same time, coming like I'm doing my captain exams, so I'm starting from scratch with the accounting exams. But it provides a lot of information, and you pick up things so quickly. Yeah, everyone is so helpful, and um, they explain things as soon as you ask. You know, so though it's a disadvantage, you also come in with a different perspective, I think, having come in from a different background. So you can sort of use it to your advantage, even though it might be a struggle at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. They probably have a buddy system there to help you with that sort of stuff as well. Yeah. Do they? Exactly. yeah. So your buddy just gives you this big list of the jargon, and then you go off and learn. <laughs> really talking about all exactly. That. Yeah, definitely. It's and then you're show. doing you you'll do probably the accounting exams and the tax exams. Yeah, exactly. So we've spoken to people from different teams where sometimes there are no exams, sometimes it's just the accounting exams or different ones. How do you juggle the accounting plus tax? Like, what's that kind of schedule like over? It's over three or four years, right? Yeah, I have three years first doing my accounting exams, and then once. I have those done. I've another two years of tax exams. Oh, they come after. So they're not at the they same time. They're not together yet. So I don't know how I would manage both at the same time. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, they come one after another. So sort of easy into it, which isn't too bad. Nice. That is, that's actually a huge help. And then if you're in the tax team in, in PwC, uh, you know, particularly kind of like focusing on, on international tax and that sort of thing, I'm guessing you're in the middle of that whole world that everyone finds so interesting with Ireland being essentially a tax haven for all of the American companies coming in. It, I, it, you know, you obviously can't talk about details here, but do you see, um, do you see 
the things that people talk about being carried out in day-to-day work, as in you're working with uh, companies and trying to be as tax efficient as possible and um, tax strategies and all this sort of stuff. Is that the kind of work that a student could expect to do going into the tax team of PwC? Definitely. Like a lot of the time it's researching to see what is allowable and what's not allowable and making sure that a company strategy is correct and that they're allowed to do that. So I would come across that a lot and I'd be lucky enough to sit in on some client calls and hear them discussing their, their plans for the future and how they're going to um, best plan their tax affairs. So it, it is really interesting. That's, that's pretty cool. And what else do you do then day to day? Like, What's the day to day like in the tax team? It's actually very broad. Like to, no two days are the same. One day I could be working, say, with clients and trying to figure out their tax strategy. The next day I could be working on something to do with the environment. So, for example, PwC has a large focus on, you know, getting to net zero. But at the same time, we can meet up in groups and try and formulate strategies to increase or reduce Ireland's carbon footprint on the whole. So, for example, a project I was working on there recently, we were trying to think of consumer-driven policies that are environmentally friendly. So, you know, the likes of the plastic bag levy. Yeah. Trying to think of new, fresh ideas that we can take on to whoever to try and say, look, this is maybe a good idea to take on, which is something you wouldn't think would be involved in my day-to-day role. But it really is something different every single day, which is why it's so interesting. Yeah, okay. That's pretty cool. I have like, so someone going into tax versus someone going into, I don't know, maybe assurance or asset management. I know you haven't worked in those particular divisions, but when everybody meets up and you have the tax people, you have everyone else, is there a difference in the personalities that tend to veer towards tax or you know, what is it, if you lined up a bunch of students, what is it that you would say about them made them suited for uh, the tax path as opposed to any other? I definitely think one of the main qualities is curiosity. You need to be curious and want to be like learning constantly because there's it, the la- tax landscape is changing so quickly all of the time and you need to keep up in order to be able to, you know, provide a good service to the client. So definitely curiosity is the big thing, in my eyes, anyway. I'd imagine there's a lot of cons- uh, uh, creativity because you're dealing with constraints in the tax world that you're probably not dealing with otherwise, where the goalposts and the rules essentially do keep moving over exactly, time. Yeah. You're trying to keep up with this fluid thing as opposed to maybe running books for people and doing that year to year. Obviously, there's changes there too, but I'd imagine that the, the tax rules, A, have so much spotlight on them publicly, and then B, uh, do change quite a lot. That, and you know, it's a remarkable world, the world of international tax and how it all works. I'd imagine it is, uh, it does reward people who can be creative in their thinking and in coming up with Definitely. different problems. Without a doubt, like one of the main things that kind of, you know, it's almost a motto is always ask questions. And if someone says, that's the way we've always done it, do not take that on board. Make yeah. sure you challenge why are why are we doing it this way? We need to have a good reason for doing this because it does change so often, and we do sort of reinvent the wheel every now and then where you need to sort of 
look at all the new rules and say how can we apply these best how can we keep up in our training like we have a training session once a week about some new area of tax or to brush up on old areas that haven't changed in a while to maybe refresh people's memories but definitely you do need to be creative in that aspect in trying to think how can I use this knowledge and apply it to my clients I'd imagine so I actually did my internship years and years ago now in the tax team uh, of the company as well I remember that you know would be me the intern and then maybe a couple of grads and then uh, the work manager and then uh, there's a director or a partner at the table or whatever seen those conversations happening where there are uh, multiple, it's not just the partner banging on with his or her thoughts and everybody nodding, it's everybody chiming into this conversation and challenging and asking questions about it. I think the more people contribute, the more you're going to get out of a meeting. You know, everyone thinks so differently, especially with the fact that not everyone comes from the same degree Mm. like that. Coming from zoology, you may have a completely different take on things when you hear them, so it's important to put your opinion out there because you never know how different it could be to the person sitting next to you. So it's great like that. Yeah, I'm just thinking, so if people are listening to this and wondering what would those differences be, one example I can think of is if you come from a, a commerce degree in UCD, you're probably thought, taught to think how to kind of optimize for commercial value. That's like the first filter you put something yeah. through is, will this make or lose money essentially? Whereas if you're coming from something like zoology and you're coming from a research data-based thing, you're probably thinking more, okay, are we fully informed on this first? Exactly, yeah, definitely. And, you know, you have you ensure we're fully informed before the business student thinks, okay, well, now that we're fully informed, can we make money? And you might have three other people in between that put more filters on. It's a very valuable thing. Whereas, you know, a bunch of business students would just think, okay, everybody's on the page of commercial optimization. Nobody's making sure we're fully informed. That's like a, a basic example for listeners of of how they are able to add value here. Because you will have people listening to this thinking, okay, I don't like what I'm doing in college. I don't know what I can do. I never even considered that PwC might be an option for me. Um, Definitely. And I think as well, not just PwC, but there are so many grad programs out there who are willing to take on people from any background because it does add so much value to their company. So I definitely wouldn't be put off if you're not enjoying something in college because it's not set in stone and there's always back doors into whatever you want to do as long as you're willing to put in the work. How do you suggest they overcome the insecurity they might have about not being a fit? I think that's difficult and sometimes you just need to get out of your comfort zone. I know a lot of people say outside of your comfort zone is the place where you'll grow and it's so true. Sometimes you just need to pluck up the courage and just just jump, just do it and, and see what happens. I always think, what's, what's the worst that could happen? It might not suit. That's fine. You'll find something else. It's not going to be the end of the world if things don't work out. You'll always find something else, you know? Yeah, for sure. There's also a thing that, like, if you have LinkedIn, if I typed into LinkedIn, zoology, PwC, you would probably come up first. There's someone else who has done both PwC and zoology. And so whatever yeah. your degree might be, and whatever the company you're interested in, type those two words into LinkedIn and you'll find someone who has probably trodden the same path. Exactly, yeah. That's a great idea. And I think so many people would be open to you just sending them a message and asking for more information or how do they get on or how do they get to where they are. People are so helpful. It would definitely be a great idea. 
Yeah, I think that would um that would help a lot. So in hindsight, is there anything you wish you did in college to better equip you for early career and for this career path? Um, I'm not sure that there's a whole lot more I could have done, to be honest with you. Um, I really tried to embrace college as fully as I could and get involved in as much as I could. So I think the only thing I could have maybe done is applied for an internship in one of in PwC maybe. Yeah. And um, try and get more of a insight into how things work. But at the time, I really thought that that door wasn't open for me. So I hadn't been thinking at the time. If if I could go back, that's what I would do to try and get myself some more experience. But other than that, I'm not sure there's much else. There's nothing like skill set wise, or or you know, a, a coding language or a data skill or presentation like is presentation a big part of your life now and you're going in doing presentations often anything like that that might help yeah definitely i suppose giving presentations is a big thing and you can only really do that by practicing yeah so practice makes perfect especially with presentations now i'm not the biggest fan of doing them myself but i've had to i've had to get used to them fairly quick Um, definitely giving presentations just working on your even your word skills or excel um that definitely helps in a job like this it you use those skills a lot so brushing up on your shortcuts even something like that yeah would definitely help in the long run you did the uh the junior achievements ireland thing as well you there probably would have been a fair bit of presentation they're like public speaking or dealing with groups yeah, definitely. That as well i think when i joined pwc i decided that this was my time to sort of push the boundaries and try and get involved in as many things as I could. So that, I was very nervous for that, I have to say. So I just signed up, said I'd go for it, see what happened. And it was actually a really rewarding experience, being able to talk to TY students and show them that, you know, the path ahead isn't always straightforward, but you'll get there. And um, providing them with some sort of confidence in that even if they make the wrong choice in college, they're not stuck there forever. And there's mm. always other ways out. So it was really, really enjoyable. And yet there, there was a lot of presentation in that. So that was another chance to brush up on my skills. Yeah. yeah, things like that are really useful for people. And just as like, you know, from professionals, they're useful. But from a human angle, they're, they're very fulfilling to do. And I think they're quite important. Yeah, exactly. um, if we've had the, I don't know, the good fortune of good education, I think we should probably share it around as much as we can. Yeah, that's true. So before we let you go, a couple of uh, quick fire questions for you. Uh, hopefully, so not all of them will, will come as big shocks to you. But the first one I'd ask would be if there's any kind of book or resource that you would recommend people read, listen to, watch uh, to kind of accelerate their growth towards being, you know, an employee's grad as opposed to a student. Um, I know personally myself, I'm more of a, a fiction reader. But um, there's a few a few good books, like there's one, uh, I won't be able to think of the name of it now, but it's, a, it's, a, go it's on. one about building healthy habits. You might know it's very famous. I've heard it's very good and I've been meaning to read it myself. It could be, there's two there. There's The Habit Loop by Charles Duhigg, which is really good about how habits work and kind of how you can set them up. And then there's the Atomic Habits. I can't remember who wrote Atomic Habits, but that's very, very good. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend trying to read something to maybe 
explore yourself a bit more, get to know yourself. Yeah. Anything that helps you go in that direction is excellent. Nice. Yeah, that's a really good one. I definitely recommend it for people as well, actually, because yeah, your habits are the kind of output of or where you are in life is the output of the habits you have. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's definitely key. Uh, is there a quote that you live by or a quote that you always bear in mind to keep you going? It's not really a quote, but kind of just like a mantra, I suppose, or I don't know what you would even describe it, but basically it's a, it's a bit dull at first until you explain it, but essentially nobody cares about what you're doing. Now, not, not, not that nobody cares about you, of course people care about you, but when you're worried about speaking up in a meeting, for example, a lot of people are thinking, what will people think about what I say? Yeah. Other people's opinions really tend to hold people back, myself included. But if you think, okay, if I'm thinking about myself this way, so is probably most other people. Mm-hmm. So if you think like that, when you're talking, somebody else is probably thinking, oh, what question am I going to ask? You know, they're not worried about you stumbling or making a mistake. So you just got to try and put people's opinions out of out of your head and think nobody that's, cares if I mess up <laughs> as long most, as you try your best that's one of the most important things that's ever been said I think on the podcast how did you how do you work on that or how did you improve on that front I think I let that trip me up for a long long time and then kind of during COVID it really puts things in perspective that you can be sitting at home doing whatever watching Netflix or, you know, posting a photo saying you're doing something cool, I don't know. But, like, does it really matter what people see you doing? You could be sitting at home learning something new. Mm. You don't need to post about it, you know. And I think then when I joined PwC, it was my chance to sort of start fresh and say, you know what, just try your best. Don't worry about what other people think. Just go for it. So that's really where it sort of kicked in. I definitely wasn't always able to follow that mantra, but with mm. practice and time, it does come. Yeah, thank God, that's very powerful to think about. The, when I've had this issue before, I've always kept people in mind who've like kind of inspired me or propelled me forwards, people who have done that. Um, do you have anyone like that that you would recommend people say Google or anything, uh, anything like that to, I don't know, get a inspiration from? To be honest, the the person that would inspire me most, he's the one who who said that to me that nobody cares what like what do you do. It's actually my cousin. Um, yeah. yeah, he he works in tax as well. Um, but he shared that with me when I was really nervous about you know starting in PwC, and it just really it really struck a chord with me, and I've just kept it in my mind since. So he would definitely inspire me on a daily basis about those kind of things and help boost my confidence so unfortunately I don't, I don't have someone for you to google but oftentimes there's somebody in your life that you can look up to that can inspire you by what they do yeah unless we gave his name away you have like a thousand people on his linkedin page tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> people outside his door no that's very cool i'm great to have that great to have you're lucky to have a cousin or someone like that who can give you that advice but it's also important then that you went and made use of that and you know ask the people exactly. in your life what they're doing and what struggles they've had and that's just like 
everyone around you is essentially an untapped resource. And people, yeah. particularly students, are very bad at, uh, you know, extracting value from those untapped resources. They're like, oh, that's just my uncle or my aunt or whatever. But yeah. actually, your aunt might be, they might hold the key to the next couple of yeah, years. Yeah, you'd be so surprised. Just ask the questions, find out as much as you can. Yeah, totally. That's, uh, that's very true and very important. Um, before we go, is there any other advice you would give to young, like I think what you've already just given them is remarkably powerful, but is there anything else you would leave a parting note? I just basically feel like you're very wise and I should get some more wisdom out of you before letting you go. I'm not sure about that, but um, I think one of the other things is just, like I said, get out of your comfort zone. Always think, what is the worst that can happen? And if, if that's manageable, then just, just do it. Just go for it because, you know, you're better off doing something than regretting it later in life that you never gave it a shot. Yeah. Um, just go for it. Yeah, agreed. There's, um, there's, a, there's a whole story attached to this, but I'm just going to cut to the chase at the end. You're already on the no path if you don't give it a try. You're already on the path of not giving exactly, it a try. Yeah. And so that usually is the worst case scenario is the path you're already on. And then the yes path, which as you say, a lot of people are afraid to even go and, and try to jump on. The yes path could hold, you know, the life of your dreams or just a really good short term, exactly. whatever it might be. And people are afraid to not try the yes path in case they end up on the no path without realizing that that's already where they are. <laughs> so yeah, it's so yeah. true. Like no, nothing's going to come unless you ask the question or, you apply to the job or you do the research or whatever it is that you want to do. You just exactly. got to go for it. Yeah, exactly. Well, Chloe Kennedy, you're a wise lady. Thank you very much for your time. And, um, you. Thank you. Thank you very much.